Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today. To the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks for tuning in to the show. If you enjoy this podcast, you will also love our YouTube channel with the same title. Head over to YouTube and search for Motivation for Regular People if you want to find our channel. Each Wednesday, I dig deep into a specific topic surrounding motivation. And if you subscribe to the channel, you'll never miss a new video when they come out. Speaking of subscribing, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast as well if you haven't already done so. That way you'll always get our new episodes when they come out. We have a new episode out every Thursday and we also release a couple bonus episodes each month. Also, we would love if you would give us a rating and a review if you haven't already done so. That will help us grow our listening community and be able to take this message about motivation to as many people as possible. Today's guest is Zoe Thompson. Zoe is a life and well-being coach with over 10 years of coaching and mentoring experience. In 2016, Zoe earned the title of Britain's second strongest woman. She combines personal and professional experience in her training. Her goal is to help people make profound and lasting change. Zoe had a formational experience in 2005 that was very tragic, but as you'll learn in the episode, she used that as her fuel and her motivation to change her life and create a future that she was excited about. I can't wait for you to hear what Zoe has to say, so let's dive right in. Here's Zoe Thompson. Hey, Zoe, thanks for coming on the show today. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, that's the same. Um, thank you very much for having me. Of course. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before and you mentioned that almost 20 years ago now in 2005, crazy to think that that's almost 20 years ago now, but you went through a pretty major life event that it sounds like shaped a lot of what happened afterwards. Could you tell us a little more about what went down? 
Sure. So, I, yeah, it's crazy to think it's so, so long ago. It also makes me realize how old I'm getting. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm at that point, I was, um, I w- was married, had a, a very young, very young son, but I think probably the best way to describe it, not not happy at all. And I wasn't in a great place. The relationship wasn't great. And I wasn't in a great place mentally, physically or emotionally, to, to be honest. Um, and I think as you know, with a lot of people, you know, you kind of go into that survival mode and, and you're just going through day to day to day. And uh, the, for me, the catalyst of change was the London bombings. So uh, 7th of July. So this time back in 2005, the London bombings happened and we lost a really good friend of the family. She was my sister's closest friend in, you know, in their, in their childhood. Um, And I think there were a couple of things for me that, that just, it just gave me that shake up, you know, of actually her life had been taken away at such a, a young age i still had mine um and that i almost felt quite guilty um you know at her funeral i i felt quite guilty that i was living this life when hers had been taken away and i just remember sitting at her funeral thinking like firstly you can't carry on living the way you are you need to do something about it but also if you don't do something about it the next funeral is going to be yours. And weirdly, I was looking around the room inside the church thinking it's going to be the same people. You know, it was almost like I could see this future potential thing that could happen if I didn't do something about it. So went home that night, kind of said, not doing this anymore. I mean, it took another 12 months for me to put things in place to be able to to move. Um, But yeah, eventually moved out. But that was the catalyst for change. And I think whilst it's an absolutely horrible event and a really sad thing to have happened, I feel like it gave me that gift of getting myself back on track. And, you know, every 7th of July, every year, I take some time out to reflect and I ask myself those questions. Am I living the life that I want to live? Am I doing the very best with, you know, this extra 12 months I've just been given? Did I get you know, did I make the most of those 12 months? Did I make the most of the time that I've had? And what am I going to do with the next 12 months? If I have those next 12 months, how am I going to make the best of it? So for me, it's that real check-in of being able to use that day to kind of check in and make sure that I'm I'm living the life that I want to live and making sure that I'm doing the best that I've got with the time that I've got here. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that it was so long ago now, but still 7th of July, you know, sunflowers in her memory and take take that time out. And I think it's really important and it's certainly something that I talk through with people to say, you know, it's really important to check in because life does fly by so quickly that you need that time to check in and ask yourself those questions. Otherwise, it's just really easy to get that momentum going and going off in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's especially interesting to hear you talk about reflecting every year on July 7th, because although this episode probably won't go out until August, it's July 10th today. So this is all very fresh in your mind, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. And, and, you know, it's that for me, it's just being able to make something positive out of something that was was just so horrible that, you know, I can I can check in. And and I think it definitely has helped me to make certain decisions that, you know, 
I think her life was taken in her 20s. And, you know, those of us who grew up with her have had all of these extra years that I I can now sit and proudly say that I did something worthwhile with those extra years and whatever extra years I get from now on I will continue to show up in a way that she she would be proud of Mm. yeah it's amazing to think about how you get that extra sense of urgency when you realize that life is not guaranteed and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that with losing your friend especially at a young age but I'm also very impressed with how you took something that was a very negative and tragic event and turned it into something that has fueled you ever since. I'm curious about what point in the process did you make that mental shift and how intentional was that? I I I think that was at her funeral. I think it's a it's a weird thing funerals, isn't it? Because people talk about the person that's passed as if they're looking down and you hear lots of conversations about, you know, I'm sure she would be really proud about, you know, who's, who's turned up and how things are going. And, you know, and I, I felt very, you know, as the kids would say, I felt very seen, you know, people were saying, you know, if Jenny was looking down right now, you know, she would, she would be so proud of the people that have come up. And I thought, actually, if, you know, because I, I was hiding so much of what my life was like, you know, it was, a you know, I wasn't telling anybody about what was, going on at home or what life was really like and suddenly people were sitting there saying oh you know if Jenny was looking down right now and I felt really exposed and I also then felt a lot of shame and and guilt to a point of thinking actually if she is up there and is looking down she'd be pretty annoyed about the fact that I was you know living the way that I was living and so I think I just felt very kind of exposed I think of right okay if she is up there and you know people who have passed are able to kind of look down then I need to I need to do something about it but I also need to do something about it for me as well it's a a, an interesting motivator I think in terms of making making big life changes but that for me just it I think having hidden things from so many people for so long people talking about her looking down and being able to see I just it from it was just a very strange experience of of feeling very compelled to do something about it. I didn't know what at that point, but I knew that things had to change. That I couldn't go on the way that 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 things had been going on for so long. So mm-hmm. it's also interesting to think about how you're in a position, and I think it's one that a lot of us can relate to, where there's negative things that are happening outside of our control, and it's mm-hmm. very easy to focus on the things that we wish were different, but ultimately have no influence over, it's a lot more effective to take a look at the things that we can control. And so I don't know if you had this thought or if you would vocalize it in this way, but I imagine you sitting at that funeral thinking, I can't control the fact that my friend is gone. I can't control what has happened in my life up to this point because I can't change the past, but I have the power to take ownership of the situation that I'm in right now and then go forward and do something about it. Like I'm in charge of creating the future that I want to have. Yeah, it was, it was very much that it was almost that case of, okay, Jenny can't do these things now. So I'm going to make sure that I, that I do, you know, it was, yeah. And I think, you know, talk about circle of control, circle of influence. If, you know, I think knowing what I know now I I can see what I did at the time but I think at the time it was a case of okay you are here 
what are you going to do? Like, are you going to continue to live this way? In which case you have to accept that certain things are going to happen um, or more likely to happen. Or are you going to just work out what that first step needs to be and just go from go from there? And I mean, it took it took a long time for that first. Well, it, it took a long time for the steps to happen, but they did eventually happen. And once the momentum was going, it was a, it got a lot easier. But I think the first step for a lot of people is always the hardest. So. Mm, yeah, absolutely. When you're not moving beforehand to start that movement is what's most difficult. But then once you get going, you realize it's easier to stay in motion than it is to start motion. So tell me more about what that mindset shift resulted in for you. What sort of outcome since that event in your life and that funeral, what sort of outcome has that mindset shift had? Well, I a huge, a huge amount. I mean, I think if you, if I had continued on the trajectory that I was on, my life would be completely different. But I think if you look at the life that I have now, I think it definitely helped set a new direction. And I made very different decisions, but very conscious decisions about what was coming next and what did I want to do next and made decisions with those things in mind of, not living the life for somebody else, not living a life with somebody else's values and the things that are important to other people, but really checking in with the things that are important to me, making sure that life aligns with my values and that life aligns with my needs and things that I want to achieve in life, which can sound very selfish, but I think they're also really important. And that's not to say that you don't adapt that to you know be able to work and live with people around you but I think you have to live in alignment with your values otherwise you end up resenting those around you when you don't so I think they are really important and I think they can feel very selfish but you're putting the boundaries around the things that you want to be respected and the things that you want to be preserved and that's really important so and it also means that you spend time with the people who share those values or who respect even if there's a difference in values they respect those differences and they value those differences and I think that's really important as well so I it's really hard for me to imagine what life might have been like had I not have done that but I certainly you know feel very very grateful for the life that I have now so mm-hmm. yeah it's almost that event. Yeah, it's almost like that event led you to develop a greater awareness about Mm. what you wanted, about what you valued. And then as you began to recognize those things, it enabled you to make choices that led to a more productive, more fulfilling sort of life. Not to say, like you pointed out before, that you were living selfishly, but rather you were living more in tune with what mattered to you, what you felt like was important and valuable. And as those things manifested themselves in your decisions, it led to more fulfillment, led to a greater impact and has brought you to this point now where you're like, I don't know what life would be like if I had stayed the way that I was before. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. So having had this experience, what do you desire or what change do you try to help people make through the work that you do as a coach and some of the other things that you're involved with? Well, I, I mean, I think the the values and the needs and the purpose all come, come through quite a lot. And I, I work, 
with a variety of peoples. And I, I don't work with a particular demographic of people and I don't work with a particular challenge. So I think because I work with a variety of people who are working through a variety of challenges and working with the person, not, not the problem, I think quite often helping people work through what is at the, their core, what is important to them, what their principles are that they want to live by, I think is quite common. And I and it, it doesn't surprise me, but I think, you know, there's a lot of people who who aren't able to verbalize or they don't have that clarity over what's important to them. And I think if we don't know what's important to us, then it's very hard for us to communicate that to other people. And then it makes it then very hard for us to align that and align those choices. So I think certainly with the people that I work with, you know, helping to peel back the layers of, okay, these are the problems that you are having, but as we peel back the layers, what's at the core of that that is creating those challenges? So a lot of the sessions are around helping people to uncover those layers and work out at the core, what is it, the belief, or you know, what is it that's creating that ripple effect out into different areas of their life. So that's definitely something that's quite common, even though the people at the center and the challenges that come through are very different. The, the I guess the methodology of helping people to work out what's at the core of that is, is really important. And I think that it does mirror my own experience to to a point, but it's not the same. And I And I quite like the fact that it's, different and it's and it is and it is about them and it is about the person that I'm sitting in front of and just giving them that support and that guidance for them to peel back those layers and, and work it out which is I think why what I love about coaching is that the power is with that person that's in the chair for them to to you know to work out and for them to uncover the resources and the answers and find find their own path you know rather than me telling them what path they need to take that giving them that space to be able to work that out and I think that probably resonates with you somewhat as a coach as well of you know giving that empowering that person to take ownership and responsibility and move themselves forward rather than me having that having that ownership yeah absolutely and I want to highlight one of the phrases that you used because I think that it aligns well with not only what you just said but your story as a whole so you talk about coaching the person and not the problem mm -hmm. and when we use that terminology as coaches what we are talking about is less about giving people solutions or even helping them find quick solutions but it's more about your overall growth and development so when I think about the work that I do as a coach if I was to coach the person and not the problem, what that means is that if you come to me with a topic like time management or trying to figure out how to do a specific job or task or project, I'm not asking you questions so much about the opportunity at hand, but I'm asking you questions about you as a person. So things like what could change about you that would change the situation? 
Or how do you want to grow and develop as you work on this project? And if you answer those questions well and take your answers and put them into action, that's going to help with these things that you're doing. But more importantly, it's going to contribute to your ongoing growth and development as a person in a way that serves you even outside of that specific application. And I think that lines up so well with your story, because I think about you 20 years ago, having this life-changing event of losing your friend and thinking not just about what you were feeling and experiencing in the moment, but how that obstacle, how that tragedy could be something that led to your own growth and development. And I think that that's really the meat of what we're talking about here, because Mm -hmm. there's so many things in life that we cannot control. There's going to be bad things, negative things that happen to us. But if we take all those things, and I think there needs to be an extra degree of empathy here because I can't fully relate to everything that everybody's going through, what they've been through in the past. But I think generally speaking, if you take those negative events and you look for opportunities for growth and development, you'll have an experience like what you've had, Zoe, where you look Mm -hmm. back on something very negative and you say that was a formational moment in my life because of the mindset that I had at the time. Yeah. And I think also for me, it was what what I had tapped into in terms of survival mode, I then tapped into, I guess, proactively to keep that momentum going and to move myself forward. And and I think this is, the, you know, in terms of what you were just describing with, with coaching, which I totally agree with, is that element of when you help the person that you're working with to uncover those answers themselves and think about it from their perspective of what they could do differently that would create a different outcome, you're giving them the tools that to ask themselves those questions in different circumstances that help them to then work it through. And and I think I certainly did that on my journey of thinking about, okay, how do I need to think about this differently to be able to see things from a different perspective to see different opportunities and I think that's the the the, also the opportunity with coaching and sometimes I'll get messages from people years after we've worked together to say you were in my head today because something happened and I sat there and thought what would Zoe ask me in this moment and I asked myself those questions and I remembered the questions that we worked through when we worked together and that has helped me to work my way through the challenge that I was facing today and I think that that fundamentally is what's really important is that you're not just working through what the challenge is in that moment, you're working through for them, putting tools into the toolbox so that they can then do that themselves further down the line. So I think, I can't remember who says it, but there's a, I think it might be Tony Robbins where he says, you don't, you don't need, you need to ask yourself better questions, that it's not the problem. I can't remember how he how he phrases it but it's it's about asking yourself better questions but we don't always know what but what the better questions are and that's I think where coaching comes in as a really great support for people because it's the answers come from them it's just having somebody else to help them with asking those different questions so I think in terms of my own journey it was learning from each experience and then applying that learning to keep that momentum going and and actually just things just took off in crazy directions just by following that process and I think when you then see that happen with your coaches it's a great it's a great thing to be able to it's a very privileged thing to be a part of 
Absolutely. Yeah. Zoe, this has been such a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your heart for what you've experienced and what you continue to help people with. If there's someone listening who wants to connect with you or learn more about you, where can people find you? It's probably best to head to the website. So that's phoenixlifecoach.co.uk. Everything else is linked in from the website. So if you head there and um, you can find me there, you can contact me there and all of the free resources are there as well. So that's, that's probably the best place. Awesome. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well when this goes out. Zoe, thank you again for your time and for the inspiration that you are. It's been great to talk. Thanks. Before we wrap up, let me tell you about one more opportunity that will help you unlock your motivation and pursue your most important goals. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of excitement. You have big plans and you can't wait to see what happens. Once the week gets going, though, you may have something unexpected come on your plate or you may simply start to feel overwhelmed by all of the tasks that you have to juggle. And it can be difficult to finish the week with the same amount of motivation that you had when you started. If this is a feeling you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com and sign up for my Midweek Momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, I'll send you a short email with a thought, quote, or reflection, often based on the podcast from the week before. This boost of momentum will help you finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll receive a free instant download of the introduction in chapter one of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. This newsletter is completely free. I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. And you can unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't find the content helpful. I simply want to help you carry your motivation through the end of the week and give you the boost you need to start doing more of the work that matters. And I think that you'll ultimately find both the information in the email and the timing of it very helpful. So if you're interested, you can sign up today at bradyross.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you're willing to leave us a rating, that would be awesome as well. Any positive feedback helps us grow this community and spread the word to others who may find the content helpful. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. 